Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. We should have taken Doug Ford seriously, and John Tory has made it clear that he didn't. I think that it is one of those things that he seems very determined to do, and with a determination, including the use of the notwithstanding clause, that I don't get. A little bit of contradiction coming out of out of uh, John Tory's mouth, but that, that doesn't surprise me in the least. All right, well, there you go. That's kind of the uh, dynamic surrounding this whole initiative. Doug Ford, when he uh, suggested he's going to use this nuclear option of invoking the notwithstanding clause, to uh, over or circumvent the judge's ruling when the city and uh, others had taken to court uh, the provincial government on this matter of reducing council from 47 down to 25. Well, uh, Doug Ford is adamant and he's going to use this. Now, does it suggest that this may just be the genie slipping out of the bottle? It'll be too casually and uh, maybe frequently used or abused as the case may be. A lot of questions surrounding this and I wanted to again visit this particular issue uh, as much as we've discussed already so far today. Duff Conacher is now with us, the co-founder of Democracy Watch and an adjunct professor of law and politics at the University of Ottawa, so we can help us in this regard. Duff, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm well. How are you? Very good, thanks. So, uh, are you following the story out of the big smoke? Very much so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, you know, here's a question. Is Doug Ford subverting or upholding democracy by, if he were to invoke the notwithstanding clause? Uh, Subverting, because um, the Democratic thing to do is to go to the Court of Appeal. That's what the courts are there for, and his statements yesterday show a fundamental lack of understanding of uh, democratic good government. Democratic good government includes following the law and the Constitution, and the judges are there, independent from politicians, to uphold the law and ensure that, uh, that politicians do not abuse their powers. All right, but he'd be following the law because it's within his uh, right to you, uh, to invoke the charter within uh, the the uh, notwithstanding clause within the charter, is he not? Uh, yes, except that it's all based on a false claim that that uh, the Ford government has a mandate to do what he's doing to Toronto City Council. He didn't mention it at all during the uh, election, and maybe they wouldn't have won the election if he had said this is part of our platform and agenda of changes. And by the way, uh, Doug Ford is not releasing, as most governments now do across Canada, the uh, letters of uh, orders of what uh, ministers are going to do and what the agenda of the government is. So they're keeping those secret. The mandate letters. Yeah, the mandate letters. And you know that's uh, a sign of a government that wants to shove its agenda halfway down voters' throats before they realize what's happening. But our prime minister is no- doing the same thing, isn't he? No, the mandate letters of, of were made uh, public by Justin Trudeau last uh, uh, in November 2015, and whenever he has changed the cabinet since, and all and, of them, yes. Okay, well uh, then I stand corrected on this matter, though, of uh, seeking, uh, let's say the popular uh, mandate to do what he's doing here. But politicians do that all the time, though, don't they? Uh, they may not mention something, then they get elected. I mean, Dalton they McGint. Do. It's always, and it's always undemocratic. Voters have a right to know before you vote. You know, the, the position voters are in right now across Canada, no matter who they're voting for, is it's like you're playing poker. 
you you can't see the cards that they're holding because they're, some of the and they you don't know whether they're bluffing or not and almost always some of the promises from every party are lies just trying to bait voters <laughs> to win power and then they'll re- reverse direction and your money is on the table and you have to decide where to place your bet because you you know you're going to be paying for it one way or another and that's a bad position to, for voters to be in. It's a fundamental violation of voter rights to not have full transparency and honesty in election promises. And we don't have it anywhere. Um, but two wrongs don't make a right. You know, to, to say other governments and other politicians have done it doesn't mean that it was right for Doug Ford to do it. Well, how about then uh, the explanation that in the broader context or uh, wider scope of things, uh, he wanted to find efficiencies, and this is one such way? Um, it is, but that's a very vague promise to say we're going to cut costs and then say, well, I get to cut every, any cost I want and voters should just swallow it and, and applaud because, hey, you voted for cutting costs. First of all, only 40% voted for them, so a majority voted against that agenda. Only 23% of eligible voters voted for the Conservatives uh, overall. And um, so when you add it all up, no mandate basing it on a false claim, because he also made other false claims, right? He said that Toronto has more councillors than L.A., for example, and L.A. actually has a whole bunch of sub-councils like Toronto used to have before it was amalgamated 20 years ago, and actually has more councillors overall than Toronto per voter. So it's um, it's just all based on false claims. That's why I don't think he has a mandate and why it's undemocratic overall. As well, he also said yesterday and if the court, essentially, if the courts, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but essentially if the courts try, try and block us in the future, we'll use the notwithstanding clause again. That's a very dangerous attitude to have towards the law and the Constitution, to just say, I don't care if what we do is illegal, we're going to do it anyway. You're not elected to break the law. And I think they're going to be surprised tomorrow. I probably already have been surprised from the number of conservative MPPs contacting Premier Ford and saying, uh, we didn't campaign on this at all. I didn't sign up for this. You know, one, doing something to Toronto City Council, and two, um, violating the Constitution to do it. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of Conservative MPs not show up tomorrow. It's a free vote, according to Doug Ford. MPPs are not really free because Doug Ford can prevent them from running for the party in the next election. But they have some freedom this early in the mandate, and I wouldn't be surprised to see some of them vote against and, and a lot of them not show up maybe enough for it not to pass. As well, I think the opposition parties will probably do a filibuster to delay it as long as possible. Well, all right, uh, and that does lead to the question of the timing on this, uh, again, because Ford, if it were to go to an appeals court, uh, the chance of it being heard before the municipal election means they'd lose that window, and uh, then it would just be status quo for four more years. Is that not correct? The timelines are very tight, yes. The, the clerk's office at the City of Toronto run, runs the election operations. Uh, at first they thought they were running an election for 47 uh, councillors, now then to 25, now back up to 47. They must be pulling their hair out over mm-hmm. there. And there will be a, a, a deadline, essentially, where you know they have to get ballots printed and um, set up polling stations. So the Court of Appeal, though, in these kind of situations, schedules hearings very quickly. It's not like there's a ton of witnesses or anything. It's just them looking at the rules, looking at the judge's ruling uh, that was issued yesterday and deciding whether that judge was right. So they can actually make that decision quite quickly, which is why, again, Doug Ford should have just stuck to that democratic route of going to the Court of Appeal. Uh, It's going to take just as long, I think, to get any um, bill or declaration through 
invoking the notwithstanding clause because I'm I'm betting not only conservative MPs or not only opposition parties but also conservative MPs are going to be standing up against it. What about this option, Duff? I mean, uh, does the mandate necessarily have to be uh, for October 22nd, the vote across the province municipally, uh, or can it be delayed until the new year? Uh, I guess they could put in a bill changing the election date for Toronto alone, because it is under the City of Toronto Act, as opposed to uh, all the other municipalities. Toronto has its own law. So that is a possibility to delay everything uh, and get it all sorted out. It should be all sorted out, hopefully through a court of appeal ruling. Um, And uh, then there might be an appeal from that to the Supreme Court of Canada. That's going to take a bit longer to even have the court decide whether to hear that appeal. So um, at least, though, the Ontario Court of Appeal would have ruled, and that would clarify things, because that's a panel of three judges. You know, if Doug Ford is saying, well, this one judge disagrees with me, and that's not democratic, well... If three judges disagree with him as well, um, is he just going to go to war against the courts and say they have no role in our democracy? If so, that's very, very dangerous. That's the that's what dictators do. Uh, first thing is is cancel the courts or just disregard them and say I have all power. It, it's uh, it has no basis in in our system or any other country that calls itself a democracy. Duff Conacher is with us, the co-founder of Democracy Watch and adjunct professor of law and politics at the University of Ottawa. So on this basis of this judge who's been deemed by many, including Doug Ford, as an activist judge, uh, and so which has prompted Doug Ford to take this extraordinary route of invoking the notwithstanding clause, so he says, how about that from the uh, democratic uh, point of view, or, you know, as a, a person with Democracy Watch here, there is this claim that somehow, uh, you know, whether it's lawfare or uh, judges inserting themselves into the process uh, and subverting the democratic will, do you not see that as a danger that's t- taking place perhaps more frequently? Uh, there's no evidence it's taking place more frequently. When, when people talk about judicial activism, they usually say, well, I disagreed with that ruling and therefore it's activist. But the rulings I agree with are not activist, they're proper. So that's generally the the criticisms and the critics out there are, are just sort of picking issues where they don't agree with what the courts did. Um, the the ruling was two parts from this judge. I think the first part is correct, and the second part is more debatable, which is why, again, you go to the Court of Appeal um, and have them look at it. The first part, I think, that was correct was changing the rules uh, in the middle of an election campaign violates candidates' uh, rights. They had already started campaigning in several of the of the wards in the city of Toronto, and to suddenly say you have to uh, campaign in a totally different way in a totally different ward, um, some of you won't be able to run necessarily uh, because you won't be able to adjust. You've already spent money, and that's all fair. Uh, I think it was right for the judge to say that's unconstitutional and violated their rights to expression. The second part of the ruling, again, more, as I mentioned, more debatable, uh, because he ruled it was also unconstitutional because each council would have to serve twice as many voters, essentially, mm-hmm. and that voters have a right to be um, uh, have more councillors so that each councillor is serving a fewer number of, of voters. And that, I think, is something that the Court of Appeal will reverse, actually. Right, and that's but because I think that the Ontario government, it, when it does appeal, and hopefully that appeal will go through as well, and the notwithstanding clause move will be uh, will be withdrawn. 
Um, I think that the Court of Appeal will agree with the judge on the first ground that candidates' constitutional rights were violated. You do believe that. Okay, on the second one, it seems like uh, that defied logic, the ruling that somehow uh, there is not adequate representation when it seems to suffice in terms of provincial or federal elections. So uh, It does in some, and who's to say what the ideal number of voters uh, each politician should serve? Right. right? So it's, you know, it, it, it has some arbitrariness. Um, and, you know, you just essentially say, because each councillor could just hire two more staff people and then would, would service levels actually decrease. Um, I don't think they would as a result because those two staff people would be handling those extra calls that would come in if you were serving twice as many people. It would, it would mean that not as much money would be saved as the, the Ontario government has projected um, because those extra staff people would have to be paid. Uh, so... Um, that second part, I think, is debatable, and I think the Court of Appeal would would not agree with it, but I think my prediction is that uh, if we do get the appeal through, uh, if that's the way things go, that the Court of Appeal will agree with the judge on the first point, that you can't just change the rules for an election in the middle of an election without uh, violating the constitutional rights of candidates who have already started campaigning. All right. Finally, Duff, though, uh, every time then that the agenda is put forward, uh, even things that might have been suggested in the election campaign, if somebody wants to obstruct or take it to court, do you not see that as becoming problematic as well? Well, people have a right to go to court. They um, definitely face a danger of paying the government's costs which can be quite substantial in cases like this if you lose. Uh, you can be paying easily thirty to $50,000. Um, so that makes a lot of people hesitate from going to court uh, and, unless it's a clear case. And, uh, and so uh, I think that, that is an effective check on people just challenging whatever the government does. You have to have some grounds or you're going to lose badly and the courts will throw the book at you by forcing you to pay costs. And... That'll keep, uh, I think, frivolous lawsuits out of the courts, uh, largely. If, and if they are frivolous totally, the government can always bring a motion. We face this as Democracy Watch as well. We've won every time. But the government brings a motion saying there's nothing here at all, and the courts should just dismiss it right away. Um, and if there is nothing there at all, the courts will dismiss it. You know, if you really have no grounds at all for filing a, a challenge, um, as well, in this kind of case, if it's something timely that the government has to get done in order to uh, have something happen, the courts schedule those hearings quickly to ensure that uh, that things are not held up, as happened in this case. You know, the, the uh, case was scheduled quite quickly, and the ruling came out very quickly as well. The Court of Appeal will do the same, assuming that we actually get uh, that process through to its end of a ruling. Yeah, but October 22nd is also coming like a freight train in the other direction. So, all right, uh, we're living in uh, a very interesting time. It'll be... And, uh, yes, and tomorrow will be uh, another very interesting day as yeah. the proposal to use the notwithstanding clause is introduced in the legislature and debated, and I, I doubt it will be voted on tomorrow because I think the opposition parties will try to de- delay that vote as much as possible, but uh, it'll be another interesting day in this pro- unprecedented process. And you're suggesting that he may not have, Doug Ford may not have the support that he's counting on. That, uh, to me, is fascinating to watch, and uh, I appreciate your coming on and uh, giving us all these salient points. My right. pleasure. Okay, Thank Duff, you, you take, take care. You. Duff Conacher again, is the co-founder of Democracy Watch and adjunct professor of law and politics at the University of Ottawa.